know how we need to play. We don't know what the future is. Let's not worry about the future. Let's focus on how we need to play and feel good about it. Great, great game. All right, what's up, Sabres fans? Welcome to another podcast of the Talking Tarot Podcast. Episode 5, right? 5? Five? 5, yeah. 5, yes. All right. Once again, we're here with Ryan and Andrew. I am Jeff. We've had two games since we last met, and it was, once again, consistently inconsistent as the Sabres lost a, I want to say, a heartbreaker to the New Jersey Devils. But they managed to rebound in the black and red jerseys to defeat very easily, very decisively, the Colorado Avalanche for nothing in our own home ice. I think uh, a lot of fans were saying it, and I'm starting to believe them. I think the Sabres need to just switch to the black and red. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. They play better. We whined and complained for 20-some-odd years to go back to the royal and yellow. I mean, you're not wrong. And and now and now all of a sudden, just because we get a bit of a nostalgia trip with the black and red, everybody wants to change. No. I mean, no. I, personally, I mean, we grew up on the black and red, so I didn't really complain too much. I respect the blue and gold. I take them both as long as the slug stays in the uh, vault. Yup. Fuck this. The s- Screw the slug. That is such an awful logo. It's not for Devin Cooley. <laughs> let's uh, let's bring back the the turd burgers. I I want I want to see a dual colored jersey again. Come on, let's oh do it. Oh my god. Let's that, do it, uh, boys. No, no, I'm good. The what? The it. uh, the Steve Ott jersey that I got. That yes. one you're saying? Oh yeah. my god. No, no, that's that a pra- was... that's a glorified practice jersey. Oh my god. Oh. The picture, uh, the the release picture is taken in a laundry closet, and that's where the jersey should have stayed. Yep. Yes. Yes. So, anyways, once again, Sabres were inconsistently, consistently inconsistent. Can't string back-to-back wins, but they're sure as shit making things interesting. Yeah, I think uh, I think they're finally kind of getting some sort of a stride. The offense is starting to show up more and more. Um, I would almost say kind of case in point, like we were just kind of talking about um, Thompson's goal in New Jersey. Uh, Thompson struggled a little bit to start a season, everything else. And when you kind of got those jitters and those struggles and you just, you want that goal, you want to get on the board. Um, if you get caught in a scenario like that, where you get to get a pass, you're in the slot more often than not, if you're in that struggle, you're just going to want to shoot it. You want that puck on net. You want a shot, everything else. But when you're comfortable and you know you got it, you make a move like what Thompson did for that goal against New Jersey. He took it. He dangled it right around. Uh, I forget his name, the goalie, and just tucked it in the corner right behind him. Whereas if you were to back up two, three games for Thompson, he probably would have just fired that the second it got on his stick. And I think it's starting to come around. We're scoring more goals a lot more consistently. That we're at least doing. Um, but I think we're starting to get moving here. It's a, it's slow. We wish we could have seen this sooner and got off to this to the season a lot better. But I think we're kind of finally moving in the right direction. Did I or did I not say there's a chance Buffalo could sneaky beat Colorado? I said the same thing too. I said we could probably we could we could fifty fifty into a, uh, New Jersey with Annette. We could fifty fifty it. We can either go in there and kind of hard fight them. Kind of like what we did. We hard fought them, but still ended up losing. And then we came to uh, back home and 
we just found a way to to beat the the Avs. I I didn't see it coming. I'm just going to be straightforward and honest. I did not see it coming at all. <laughs> um, I I had a little little inkling. I look at it as the Buffalo luck, the luck of Buffalo to just do weird random things like, oh, we're going up against the top hottest team in the league. And for some weird reason, they just decide, oh, we're going to play our best game ever, like out of nowhere. But we're, then we're going to show up for the, like one of the worst teams in the league and just completely lay a damn egg. It's, it's a Buffalo thing. I'm going to be that guy and say part of it is because of the black and red. I'm going to be that guy. <laughs> I don't know what it is for that team, but they play better when they wear that freaking jersey. If they were blue and gold, Colorado probably would have spanked them. Although I'm not gonna like Colorado looked a bit sluggish in the, they looked very slow in their review uh, highlights. Anyways, you were saying Ryan, sorry to cut you off. No, no, you guys are good. Um, <laughs> I just, I, I don't, I didn't see it coming at all. Um, I really didn't expect, especially after getting shut out to Pittsburgh which I just found out about into the game. But getting shot up by Pittsburgh, I did not foresee um, Colorado coming out what's felt like pretty flat, if you ask me. But I guess it's, needless to say, kind of surprising. I enjoyed every second of watching the game tonight. I, or, well, this afternoon, my bad. Um, and it was for sure interesting, to say the least. I don't really know where to go. I don't really know, just to be honest, what this team even is. Um, it's very, it's very confusing to say the least. I'm not really sure where they're going to go from here. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure either. With this, with the inconsistency of what we've been seeing, uh, and yes, like I even just said, it seems like everything's starting to trend forward. I I think in this kind at this moment we just kind of gotta ride the wave and see where it goes and and hope that either UPL especially with this shutout first career shutout for him congratulations to him uh, hopefully he can ride this and get pretty pretty damn hot hope and then Levi is supposedly really close to coming back too and and uh, hopefully Levi can come back and he can start feeling himself and getting really comfortable and getting going as well. And then we can have two really good goalies to, to ride and everything from there can continue going forward. At least that's, that's my hope looking forward. But like I said, I think we just kind of got to ride the wave right now and see where it goes. So did you guys see the video of Don, Donnie meatballs? Oh yeah. yeah, after, yeah. yeah absolutely. So I'm, I'm actually going to plug it into here when, I edited it in. I think I might start it off right before we start, but I'm going to say it right now. The part that stuck out most to me, I even wrote it down word for word, but he said, we know how we need to play. We don't know what the future is. Let's not worry about the future. Let's, and I'm going to say it for him. Let's fucking focus on how we need to play. Let's feel good about it. And of course he wasn't irate. He wasn't loud. He wasn't mean. He was composed Donnie Meatball saying this and hearing him say this it got me motivated I'm not gonna lie like the team knows it's I don't want to say playoffs or bust but this team knows there's a lot of pressure on them and it's the same thing like you were saying Andy how Tage Thompson you know building that confidence and now seeing this team come in 
and beat Colorado. Yeah, Colorado's on a road trip, and they're, they they want to go home. You could tell. They, like you said, Ryan, they were flat. But for the Sabres, this could be really the game that gets them going now. You play Colorado, which is one of the best teams. You decisively beat them. UPL got his first career shutout. You're now about to do a home-and-home with Philadelphia. If you win those two games moving forward, you're going to look a lot, lot better. And I just love it. Don't worry about the future. We don't know what the future holds, but don't worry about it. Yes, we want to go to the playoffs. We will worry about the playoffs when the time comes. But right now, it is October, about to be into November. Let's just take it in chunks, and I I love that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. It's a really, it's a really good way to look at it for sure. Um, I mean, especially with this team, they kind of, yeah, you're right. They are on the playoffs or bus kind of mentality. Um, I think that's sh- for sure felt because of, well, let's see where we are. And one team has picked it up and the other team, it, we can't have two teams be good in Western New York. Let's just be honest. And then <laughs> with the, the bills picking it up and then the Sabres, well, they haven't really shown up for the past few years, which is disheartening to say the least. But um, I think where we're at right now, the Sabres seem to be on the upswing and the Bills are, well, the Bills are the Bills. And it's just, it'll just be interesting to see where it goes from here. Yeah, yeah, we could never have two good teams at once. If If we had the Bills and the Sabres go to the playoffs at the same time or anything, or even like any type of championship run, this this town would burn itself to the ground. <laughs> I'm all for it. Let's go. <laughs> I said it as a kid to my mom. I was like six years old. I said, the Sabres are going to win the Stanley Cup the same year the Bills win the Super Bowl. My mind was, whoa, slow down. Slow your roll there. <laughs> yeah, the likelihood of something like that happening is so astronomical, it's ridiculous. But, but I yeah. would love it. We'd be the oh. king of the world. Oh, yeah. One can dream. Yeah, we'll show so, we'll show we'll show all those other championship teams around on how to freaking party yeah. when you win. <laughs> yes. That then I want to segue off. I know Ryan and Andy, we were talking a lot about the goalies. There's lots of question marks with the goalies. Three three goalies were rotating. A lot of people hate carrying three goalies. Some people wanted UPL to go. Some people wanted Comrie to go. Well, here we are. We're what now? Eight game, nine games into the season. We're almost at that ten game mark. I didn't. I sure shit didn't expect to get to this part. Levi plays four. The first four games, he then goes down. Comrie comes in. He is not officially claimed the starter, but he took the most starts since Levi went down. He put up some pretty decent numbers, uh, 914 save percentage with a 245 GAA. And then now he's went down in the New Jersey game, which they said lower body, but does anybody actually know what it is? No, but it's week to week. They're not, they don't, it's not like the NFL where they, they give it to you right away. It's, they, they're as vague as possible. Yeah. So So, with, with it being week to week, you can expect them to be out probably two, two to four, somewhere in that time frame. So. He went down in New Jersey. UPL, he already played one game. Which one did he start in? What was his first game? Uh, the idle one. There we go. He was pretty solid from what you guys said, and then the team kind of collapsed in front of him late in the third, and so his 
His save percentage was kind of shit, courtesy yeah. of the guys in front of him. But then he kind of he came in, replaced UPL, or he replaced Comrie, had some, I don't want to say shit numbers, but he was thrown into a position in New Jersey, and he handled it, but then he had this solid well, shutout against Colorado, and now he's got a 915 save percentage and a 284 GAA. I think it's exactly what you kept saying, Ryan, is, what was it? Average? I think that's a little above average. Uh, no, I mean, like I said, I'd kind of like him hovering right around 910 save percentage and uh, two, two and a half goals against a game. That's that's right where he's, a, I, I believe Andy and I did the math based off of hockey reference this afternoon. Uh, goals like his save percentage after this game shot up to, I believe we did the math, 912. Goals against dropped to right around 248. So he's right around that two and a half, nine ten, that I'd like to see. Um, and I think that this team can win with. And I think that's kind of proving it. And seeing UPL come in, like you mentioned, it's it's a tough situation to come into. He came in cold and wasn't expecting to play that game. I think what you're seeing from UPL is he can play very, very solid when he's prepared to come in and play the game. Um, and And... He played well today. He played well in Ottawa, aside from the five-minute mental lapse that the Sabres had. But I I think that he is right where he needs to be. He's in the right headspace. Bounced back from a rough second, half-second, and third period against New Jersey. Credited with the loss for that reason. And... I I don't want to say he stood on his head because that a lot of that came down to the Sabers, and they played a very very good defensive system today. But he he did, he made did make the, some good saves. He made oh, the yeah. saves when he needed to. And and this is a this was a very dangerous Avalanche team that at any point in time absolutely could have turned it into a three three game and pushed it into overtime. And he stood tall. He played the way he needed to play. And he's credited with his first shutout, which is great to see. I will be honest, going into that third period, I was waiting for it to turn around. I mentioned it in the Ottawa game. When is this going to turn into a typical UPL game? I mentioned it in the pod afterwards. And I was still waiting for it to turn into a typical UPL game where it got closer than it needed to be. And that didn't happen today. And it was good to see. He kept his mind in the game and he played well. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, UPL played very well, and I would even say back in the Ottawa game, he played well until the collapse at the end, and then he played very well today. And yeah, it's it's very hard to come in cold halfway through a game and just kind of just jump on it and get going, just ride your high horse through, and it's 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 tough. Uh, not it's not all tough. goalies can do it. I was gonna say it is a pretty amazing when you see a goalie come in cold and get you know. It, a barrage of shots onto him, and he makes those Miller-esque saves. It's it is pretty cool to see. I do, but... under, I do understand that, and I know everybody here loves this reference. I do understand that Toronto got beat by a Zamboni driver that did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, it is still very impressive to see. It's hard. It's impressive to see, and it's hard for a goaltender to do. 
and I don't give UPL any crap for that game. He wasn't prepared. Seeing Connor go down is definitely disheartening. It kind of shakes you a little bit. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, the game was there. It was there for us. And in, as I mentioned in the last podcast, in typical UPL fashion, when they needed a save, he just wasn't there. Again, turned on its head today because he was there. He made those saves that he needed to make. And, and I think that all comes down to him coming in and being prepared for it. Uh, where we're sitting right now, we've got a goaltender in Eric Comrie and a goaltender in UPL who know they're going to be the backups to Devin Levi for the future. Um, but they're playing neck and neck. And their statistics, when they're compared to each other, is surprisingly similar. And they're making it tough to pick one. They're making it tough on management to make the decision. Granted, I still think that decision needs to be made here. I would say that decision probably needs to be made within the next month or so. Because eventually, you're going to be getting to a point where you're going to be dealing with injuries. And you're going to be dealing with needing to pull players up and needing to keep those healthy scratches as your skaters. And you can't carry th- you can't carry two skaters and a goalie as your healthy scratches. You need to have three skaters. And that decision is going to have to be made. Granted, I know we were mentioning before the podcast that Rochester is doing surprisingly well. 5-1-1 one, and one at the time of this pod. Number one in the division. But if you look deeper into that, none of that has to do with their goaltending. That is correct. None of that. At least at this time of recording. And, and it's, it, they're shaky at best on the back end. And if we have someone go down, whether that be UPL, Levi, or Comrie, whichever two we decide to keep, if one goes down, we're in a tough spot. We're in a very tough spot because we're going to have to bring one of them up and that's going to be nerve-wracking. And we've both, I think we've all established and understand that if we send Comrie or UPL down through waivers, they're not clearing, and we're giving them up for nothing. Yep. And that, that's what I was worried about at the start of the season with trying to send one of them to Rochester to start the season or whatever, and especially with, with Tampa missing goalies. And, and my thought was just hold them on to start. You have three of them to start the season. You can get probably all three of them to play a handful, a game or two, and see where they are and then see who you want to trade. But was not looking at Levi getting hurt and being out for a little bit, or now Comrie being also hurt. So now that kind of makes it harder to figure out what are you going to do with these goalies. Because if we do, like, say we try, we want to move somebody, kind of really can't move Comrie because he's injured. Nobody's going to want him now. So. It's kind of it's going to be tough, but we gotta. It's something we definitely got to figure out sooner rather than later. Now, I, I think what it's going to come down to, and I, the reason I say probably over the course of the next month is because this is essentially going to be the Devin Levi UPL show. Um, if UPL can keep his numbers up, I think you're going to see Comrie become expendable. And if UPL can't keep his numbers up with Comrie being out, I see that you. I think that you see him. They try to move him for a mid round pick. I really do. Um, I think your return on investment in trading UPL, as much as I don't want to say this, but your return on investment for trading UPL is higher than this for trading Comrie. Oh, yeah. I guess so. the only other maybe option is UPL continues to run a little hot. Levi plays very mediocre, and then Comrie comes back, and 
we can use the ability because he is exempt from waiver wires and we can send Levi to Rochester and then we'll have our two goalies and we have Levi in the pocket for later. Let him go to Rochester and do that. That that could be another scenario, but that, that that's if things go a certain uh, way. I would like to touch on that. I was on the Sabre subreddit this morning and was reading a, I'll say divisive post by a fan that mentioned that Carolina is in a very similar position to us. And they have their hot young goaltender not performing in the NHL. Grandy's performing significantly worse than Levi is right now. But, and they sent him down to their, they don't have an AHL um, affiliate because they never renewed with Chicago. And they had to send him to Syracuse where he's going to get playing time behind Tampa's young goaltenders. So, oh, they're doing a split? It's not necessarily a split. They don't have a true affiliate. So it's, it's a rough situation for Carolina. I don't agree with what that poster on the subreddit was saying because he was saying that we should make a trade for one of their goaltenders, which is the wrong move to make. And that, that, was, that was entirely based upon um, Comrie going down, sending Levi down to Rochester to have him play and having somebody to fill that third role, which is not the route that I want to go. Um, but I think the key right now, at least in my impression, is keeping Levi up here, seeing how he handles the NHL. And I do foresee if his numbers don't drastically improve, I won't even say significantly, I'll say drastically improve, getting him up to the same area as UPL and Comrie are right now. I, I do foresee him going down to Rochester. I, I don't love that idea, but I see it happening. I, I can say I'm in a Amherst Facebook group. I just kind of like seeing what everybody posts and whatnot. And it kind of keeps me in the loop with what's going on in Rochester. I know a lot of people or a handful of people have started saying, not like they're trying to stir a pot, but they are interested in the possibility of Levi coming down to Rochester, not just to see him play, but for his development developmental sake because yes I'm going to say it and I hope the Buffalo Sabres are listening I really do I'm, I'm calling them out a little bit well it kind of seems like they have been listening <laughs> actually it has seemed like they've been listening Yeah, with some of the stuff we've been proposing it was premature to come out and say Devin Levi is the starter and this is kind of going back to what I said. I don't want to start spinning tires. But we saw what he could do with the first four games. And Ryan, I know you said it. We did it last year. But last year, I mean, yeah, we were pushing for the playoffs. But it was also like, no pressure, kid. No pressure. Just go out there and do what you've been doing. But now, and this goes back to the whole pressure thing. I think it was just premature on the front office level to say, Devin Levi is our starter. How many did rookies you, have literally been given the crease like that? Did you just say without that even going last, to AHL? Did you just say he went in last year with no pressure in the middle of a playoff push? Yes. Not okay. How do I word this? I was gonna say I'm pretty the sure he was, was a lot pushing of for the playoffs, but still they. 
I'm trying to think how I can how I can exactly word this. I I would fight that all day. Um, I think down the stretch. I want to say he went in at a moment where they thought the team was not going to make it. They, I believe he went in. We lost a couple games and we pushed ourselves out. Uh, you know, of the running, we were still statistically in the running, but I believe we were more doubtful. So then they were like, "Let's put him in, play him. So let's see what this kid can do." He got hot, or he stayed hot, making the transition. And then next thing you know, we're like, okay, now we really got a shot here. We're back in the running. And we didn't get it. As you all know. But am I saying Comrie or UPL should have been the starter? No, but I just, I think it's a little premature for the front office to basically come out and say, Devin Levi is our starter. When the kid has never even been to Rochester. He's a rookie. Nobody at that age has been just given the, the crease. Nobody. Do you want to argue modern NHL or do you want to argue period? Oh, because I will say for time's sake and right now, modern NHL. Because I was going to say, I mean, it's even happened and I'm not even looking outside. Um, I mean, it, it happened in Buffalo with Tom Barrasso. That, yeah, but that's also like... That's like another generation of hockey ago. I was I mean, going to say... I'm not even looking outside the league, or outside the team. I was going to say Ottinger. Ottinger is 24 right now, and it's pretty much been his crease for two years, which would make him 22. Did he start like, the season? Yeah. Yeah, for like the last uh, two yeah. years, no, Ottinger no, no. has been the goalie. In. When Yes, when he came in, though. I That I'm not sure. I don't know when... Out, in the offseason, say he is going to be our goalie without actually seeing it. I th- that I that's what I'm getting at. It, I it's, think the, it's not he... so much it's not so much like I'm gonna use it because we're talking Sabres. It's not so much Donnie Meatballs and you know the coaches and the team. It's literally the fact of we see what this kid is doing down below, and they're flat out like, "Yep, we're gonna run him." He Ottinger, I think, had a similar situation to Levi. He came in at the end of uh, the season with with Dallas at a point. He played very well, and I think got thrown in during a uh, a series, a playoff series, and he played very well in that. And the following season, they're like, "We'll just run him." He was running good last year. He played good in the the preseason, and that they just started running him, and he just continued to play well at twenty two, one year older than what Levi is. So he started out 2021, 20, 29 games played, started 24, 11, 8, and 7. With a 236 GAA and a 911 save percentage. Playoffs, yeah, I, I don't know. But yeah, he played 29 games. I don't remember how much Levi played last year. Levi played 7 or 8? Levi played 7 and went 5 and 2, uh, 905 save percentage, and 294 goals against average. So. I'm just, I'm not trying to sound like I hate the kid. I love Levi. I, I do. I love him. It's just. You don't want to put the pressure on him too quickly, yeah. especially and being young. So my question that I actually really want to ask, though, is who do we run for the next couple games? We said it last pod. Roll the hot hand. Yeah. 
I, that's what I'd say. Levi is, from what I heard, the time frame is he's supposed to be back Tuesday. I believe, I'm guessing, they're going to have off tomorrow, and then Tuesday will be a practice, I'm guessing. So that being said, are we going to pop Levi back in net, or are we really going to be like, you know what? Take the bench. Just take the bench. Go out there. Run the, you know, run the warm-ups. UPL's going to take this one. That would be my scenario. Levi just played superb in this game. Mm-hmm. You got to shut out. Let uh, Levi's just coming back to practice or whatever it is in that. We don't know exactly how they're they're handling his whole scenario, but he's supposed to be coming back. We just put Cooley back to Rochester. So pretty much it's going to be Levi, uh, Levi and UPL moving forward to the Philly game. I would say put you put UPL in Wednesday, let Levi kind of sit. And then Friday, you put Levi in because you're going to a back-to-back between Philly and Toronto on Friday, Saturday. And then so you put, you go UPL, day off, Levi, UPL. It gives UPL. it gives Levi... UPL for Toronto. Yeah, Toronto. Do you remember the last time UPL played Toronto? It, it's a different year, different scenario. It is. It is. But, but, but I would go... you don't know, he got lit the fuck up. But I would go that scenario yeah. because it gives Levi an extra couple of days. He can do the practice yep. Tuesday. He can practice Wednesday. He can practice Thursday. He can practice fr- a Friday morning and then play Friday yep. night and then go back. It's it's not like you're going to – because you're going to – on the Friday, Saturday, you're going to have to play – you're going to have to do one and one. You're going to have to have UPL and Levi play one and one. And I would say putting Levi on Friday, being that first one in the back-to-back, would be better. It gives Levi more time to kind of just practice – and just kind of stay comfortable instead of rushing him. I'm okay with that. Yeah, that would be my thought, my scenario. Also, too, like we were just saying, run the hot hand. UPL's coming off of a shutout. Run him. Yep. Yep. I'm just afraid the Sabres are going to Buffalo Sabres hit and be like, no, we named Levi the starter. We're going to put him in. No, no. And I feel like I never really heard them say Levi is the starter coming out of the preseason. He's more likely going to be the kind of quote-unquote starter, but we're running three goalies. You, you really kind of can't say who's a starter when you got three goalies that you don't know who could or could not be and who who is. So, but you could even I you could even go UPL the the two games against Philly and then throw Levi in Saturday and even give Levi against a little bit more. Yeah, against Toronto, it, it, it's going to come down to what they feel like and how the team plays. Yeah. But I'd rather put him in against Philly. So I, I think they do I, – I don't think they do it for the Sabres reason. I think they, they do it for the reason Jeff mentioned earlier. I do think they go Le- – I think they go Levi, UPL, Levi, um, specifically because of UPL's track record against Toronto, and I think that makes the most sense. Um, but I do agree, Andy, and we mentioned it earlier. You ride the hot hand, and I think you keep Levi in for the Wednesday game against Philly. Or sorry, UPL, UPL, not Levi. You put UPL yeah. for Philly against Philly, and then and yeah. then Levi in the middle. Yeah, and I, I even say just go like what I just said. Go UPL the next two games. Let UPL play since he's coming off a hot game. Let him run the. I think it uh, completely the, depends on how he plays Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see where he goes because then you can run UPL against Philly, and then since like we just said, UPL does not have a good track record against Toronto. You can put Levi in against Toronto. Gives Levi a little bit more time to keep practicing and just kind of getting himself better and more back on on uh, on track. 
It'll be interesting because, I mean, he is not known for his consistency, so let's see if that translates. Let's see if he's working on that mental game. Let's see how he does against... I, w- I would be interested to see how he does against Philly, for sure. I think it'll be interesting to see if he bounces back. Not bounces back, but if he maintains. continues... Yeah, if he maintains this level of play. I would love to see that. It was funny. I, I was listening to Marty on the on the post game, and he said he wanted to see UPL trot out there in the Royal Blues with his black pads. Just to just to keep the just to keep the the luck that he's got with him, yeah. do it. And and we all know goalies are weird, suspicious creatures, and they, they do their own weird shit. Eight zero oh, and one he is in the blacks. Eight zero oh, and one. Yes. Maybe do he it. does. Maybe he does wear the pads. Maybe he does. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, he's eight zero oh, and one in the blacks. And and I I had seen I showed you I told you earlier. Sabers going back to last year are twelve one and one in the goat heads. Going back to last year, so all the goat head games that we have played since we brought them back last year, they are twelve one and one, and they are outscoring sixty five to thirty one. That is a marginal difference. Massive, not marginal. Massive difference. So we make the playoffs. The plus twenty. Buffalo's busting out the black and red, just straight up. Mm. Don't care. Just do it. By the way, also, so Ryan, you brought it up. I follow this Twitter account because sometimes Twitter can be amazing. The page is called Since Leafs Last Cup. It's been 20,635 days since the Stanley Cup. In addition, it's been 1,345 days since losing to an AHL Zamboni driver. (laughs) And every day... They update it and add the ticker. Yes, so it's been th- over 1,300 days since they <laughs> lost to a Zamboni driver. It's just gotta Don't still let it die. It in. Still, there's still a little salt in the wound. Just got to keep it going. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> so just because just I went quiet and I was doing my digging. So hockey reference. This is, I think, what we'd all love to see. So I went into hockey reference. I was just searching by goaltenders this year, age, youngest to oldest, seeing who's in the league and, and seeing just kind of to counter your point of who's just handed the range. And I have this very interesting comparison that I'm looking at out of Anaheim. His name is Lucas Dostal. Kid is 23 years old, one year older than Levi. He played... A total of four games in Anaheim. Then he played 19 games in Anaheim, and this year he's playing. He's played four so far. Kid is three and one, 9.15 save percentage, 2.75 goals against average in Anaheim. Um, and I was just kind of doing some digging to see, you know, where he's had solid numbers, but nothing crazy. Where did where did they have him? So it looks like he did a similar thing. Came up that first year, end of the season. Uh, he's out of the Czech Republic, so he wasn't playing a college game. But he, end of the season for the 21-22 season, age 21, um, played the four games similar to Levi, three, through, uh, one and two, 907 save percentage. Or sorry, yeah, 907 save percentage, 298 goals against average. His second year where he played 19 games in Anaheim, he ended up going 4-10, and 10, which is rough. But again, that Anaheim team last year was rough. A solid and kind of respectable in those 19 games. 901 save percentage, 378 goals against average on a bad team. 
And then this year, he's kind of gotten hot. 3-1, and 9-15, 2-7-5. But last year, in his second season in the NHL, while he played the 19 games in Anaheim, he also played 34 games in San Diego for their AHL affiliate. And he, and he put up a very respectable 9-12, goals against average. So he did split that second season between Anaheim and San Diego. And I think that's what we'd all like to see. Well, not all. I think that's what I personally would like to see with Levi. He plays a few games up here, bounces up here, but gets his feet wet in the AHL. If he doesn't drastically turn it around. I mean, if he, if he gets hot and he's got up to a 920 save percentage and drops it below a 2, 2.0 goals against average, keep him here. 100% keep him here. I'm fine with that. Hey, even trade, a two point five, trade one of them, but it, it's hell. Even a two point eight. Any anything anything under a three for him, and then going high. I mean, he wasn't just AHL. He also would played back home. Oh no, he played in Finland that year. Sorry, I was looking at his bio on NHL.com. Yeah, so he. He kind of came out, he did something similar to Levi and then split his time in the second season. And I think that would be interesting to see. Uh, see Levi get his feet really wet, maybe come back if we're pushing for the playoffs. But ultimately, it does come down to what we see out of the other two. And right now, I'm seeing a lot of inconsistency between the other two. Um, Levi has proven in the past he can withstand 32, 34, 37 games a season. Granted, that's when he's 18, 19, 20, 21. But what are we, we going to see out of him? Can we reasonably expect him to play 40 games? I mean, I know it's not much of a step up, but it's still a step up. He's been injured. They ran him for four straight games. Is, I'm not going to sit here and say, is his... Is his durability an issue? Because it hasn't been in the past. Yeah. But it's not his durability. Early. It's not his durability. It's the fact that NCAA hockey, from my understanding, is one. It's a, like a thirty-five game season. Maybe I mean I think that's even including playoffs. Two, you play mostly on the weekends. You don't play during the week because you're in school. So that right there is pretty much an AHL-style schedule. And I was going to go with the three, but it's just... I don't, like I said, I don't hate on the kid. It's just, I think putting him in Rochester would not be a bad idea. And actually, realistically, there's my third point. Maybe just tell him if his game is garbage when he comes back. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. We want him to succeed. Succeed, But if we are forced to send him down, just, it's not a punishment. Tell him it's not a punishment, but it's just, go have fun. Go have fun. Go play. All our, Roch- all our Rochester listeners are going to hate me for saying this, but go play in a league where it really doesn't matter. Uh, I, mean, I mean, at the end of the day, the AHL is a feeder league for the NHL. That's I mean, it, it is. is. Um, it's competitive hockey. I will still root for my boys to go win the Calder Cup. Hey, hey. Damn it, I'm going to watch some playoff hockey. 
a championship is a championship. Doesn't matter if it's in the NHL or the no show. It's it's a championship. Yeah. And and it's uh, you you got to go out there and what it what playing for a team that is right now succeeding and doing well it, it gets him to a point where he remembers that it's not okay to just want to win it's got to be at the point where you've got to hate to lose and that might be nice to see from him and it might be nice to see him get on a team where he can backstop them do a bunch of wins maybe it'll help his confidence yeah that my my scenario thinking just trying to think like back into the in the offseason and everything else in that and just trying to predict and guess what the future is going to be for Levi and stuff. My thought was to see how he does in preseason. If he looks really good in preseason, maybe you bring him up for a few games. You let him start here, play a handful of games, see where he goes. And then if he does kind of start to teeter, you can drop him down to Rochester. But my thought was with that, with doing, with kind of having that as your main leading point with Levi is you go pick up somebody like Frederick Anderson uh, or something like that, that you can get that's older, you know he's good, you know he's consistent, you can buy him on a contract. He was a UFA. He was a UFA. If you're going that route, you've got two 34-year-old goaltenders in Carolina. You go with Ranta. He's a UFA after this season. Yeah. Well, I was saying this this past offseason, both, uh, both Ranta and uh, Anderson were UFAs and Carolina re-signed them, but... That was my thought is get somebody like like Ranta, Anderson, a goalie that's like in their 30s that's been around the league, that has had a starting position, that shows that they can be a consistent goalie. And then you have them with take your pick of Comrie UPL, again, going back to that that scenario, but have them be kind of your front goaltender that's, that can lead you this year. And then you can kind of bring Levi up and down and be like and just kind of keep giving him those little tastes, those little nibbles at the at the show and see what Levi can do, see if he can keep doing it. If he comes up and he just starts playing hot, then you can trade Anderson and go Levi uh, UPL or trade UPL. And it, you, there's all kinds of different other scenarios. But that was kind of more my thought is we go out and we get somebody, a uh, UFA that's like older, a little bit older than that, that, that we know is good, like one of them too, and buy get them for, for a one-year deal. Because I feel like one year should really be all that Levi would need between like a 50-50 between Rochester and Buffalo, and he could figure it out, and he'll just start just picking it up and going. I, I, I'm sorry. I You mentioned them both, and I just decided to go on Hockey Reference and look at Anderson <laughs> and Ranta. And how, how? Ran, Anderson has started th- four games. He's 3-0. and He's got an 8-7-5 and a 3-38. Yeah, Carolina's been interesting this year they how is he three and oh and then i looked at ranta and ranta's is two and one with an 867 and a 306 they carolina right now nine games played they are five and four they have allowed they have scored 34 goals and allowed 35 i want to say it's next to like up there they've scored 34 which is fourth in the league but they have allowed 35, which is number one in the league. Who is this, Carolina? Carolina. Carolina. The Canes. I, I, that's surprising. I'm, I'm, they're also 3-0 wow. at home, and they're 2-4 and four on the road. 
I think there's been, I don't know. Everybody was thinking Carolina it could be this year for Carolina because they've been consistent the last few years. It's very good. They still haven't really lost much. Yes, they got some older players and that like in the goaltending with uh with with Freddie and uh, Ranta, but there's they're still solid. They can you got you got two of them, so you can easily run those 50-50 and kind of keep them relatively fresh. I don't yeah, I don't know what it is with Carolina this year. They have been quite an interesting team to see at least in stat wise. I haven't watched any of their games to know if they how are they playing? Are they playing like dog shit or are they playing mediocre? Like I don't I don't know. I know they played the Kings, but I think that was like their first game, second game of the season or whatever. They were up massively, and then they allowed them to climb back in to make it a shootout. So I, I don't know if it's a team thing or if it's a goalie thing or I don't know if it's a confidence thing. I don't I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, well, guess what? In a couple weeks, or well, we well, Sabers are playing them. And I just looked at it, and so the Carolina goaltender that is buried in the minors now playing for Syracuse. He's 0-3 this season with an 836 save percentage and a 433 goals against average. In, in the AHL? In the NHL. Oh, the NHL. Okay. But they set him down with those numbers to the AHL. Okay. Yeah, to, and buried him. But I mean you're talking about a, a guy who's I'm not I'm not pronouncing his name because he is way too Russian. But oh, yeah. Uh, just I'm looking at these stats and they are not pretty. I I think it's Kochekov. Kochekov, I think is how it's said. He, but I could be Kochekov. God, that pronunciation is really hard. Holy crap! I want to say it's Kochekov. Kochekov. But he's 24, and. I mean, looking at oh. Devin Levi's numbers, it could significantly be worse. Yeah, that's I mean, true. We've got Akira Schmidt, who's 23 in New Jersey. He's got an 863 save percentage, 407 goals against average. Uh, can we talk about Edmonton for a second and those beautiful Heritage Classic jerseys? Mm, Just oh. I, I like both. Both I, looked, I think look really good. I looked one down and saw Stuart Skinner at an 846 save percentage, and I was just like, oh, that's so sad to see. But wow, those jerseys are pretty. Oh, sorry, sweaters, my bad. My jersey, bad. Sweaters. The unis. Unis, sweaters, jerseys, whichever way you want to pull it. Yeah, I like them both. I, just, I saw the Edmonton one. I did not see the Calgary one, so I had to pull it up real quick and take a look yeah. see. So to turn to turn it on its head, Devin Levi this season, um, I know we've kind of been saying push him down, push him down, push him down, but I mean he is he is showing up. He started getting a lot better before he got hurt, in my personal opinion. He started off a little rocky, but um I think I think if he does well, I think ideally if Comrie was still up uh, active and not injured, I think they would have sent him on a conditioning stint down to Rochester just to be safe if they could have done that. I know it was a day-to-day injury. I'm not sure if that's something they can do. Um, but I think if Comrie wasn't hurt, I think he would have saw that. But looking at him, he does have semi-respectable numbers in front of a team that didn't have its way yet. Yeah, he, so it's it, it's something kind of going back to what I said. I think we kind of just got to ride the wave. We got a we got a bunch of question marks and things with injuries in that. The team looks like they're finally starting to move forward after having a quite a uh, a struggle of a start. And I think at this moment we kind of got to 
just accept our losses at the beginning of the year, the, the issues that we had, and just kind of go keep going this direction and see what happens. It's really all we can do. I don't think I think there's there's too much moving forward right now to try and jump ship and change things drastically. Oh yeah. So just let let them kind of play it out. Let them keep going. They're starting to kind of get their feet moving under them. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, the consistency. Yeah, that's going to be the key thing. Keep going, and it's the Sabers are every other, every other. Literally, they lost the first two games, and then since then, it's win, lose, win, lose, win, lose, win, lose. I I understand Ryan hates it, but that New Jersey game, if they could at least just take it to overtime and walk out of New Jersey with a point, I, I would have accepted it. Granted, I thought going into these two games, win against New Jersey, lose to Colorado. Granted, I know what I said, or I thought, hey, maybe we, we beat Colorado. I should have put money down. I should have put money down against, you know, against Colorado. But I didn't. But it's just, they're keeping this lose-win thing going, and if they can literally string together two wins here, hell, I will even accept an overtime loss or shootout loss to Philadelphia in one of those games, and they walk out with three or four points, I will be happy. It then shows that they're getting there. Yeah. The only problem is, as I, I want to segue a little bit, this was a, a question I know I mentioned to you guys not recording, but or at least Andy, I mentioned it to you. I listened to After the Whistle podcast with Andrew Peters and Craig Revey. I like to listen to them at work. They have Jeremy Roenick on. And when we were talking playoffs, no playoffs, can they get in last season, Jeremy Roenick raised a question. How many goal games of three-plus goals have they given up? Well, here we are. We got a decent-sized number of games. I'm keeping in the back of my head. Let's see if their defense is improving. We see it's improving, or we like to believe it's improving. They're under a new system and team-first mentality with defense. However, New Jersey, they gave up five. Ottawa, they gave up four. Montreal, they gave up three. Islanders, they did good. Calgary, they gave up four. Islanders, they gave up three. And Rangers, so about two-thirds of those games, they're still giving up three-plus goals. Hopefully, they can try to simmer that down. But they, they need to find a way to keep the puck out of the net. Hey, where, where are you going with this? What where I'm saying is, is defense is not... You're not going to be able to get to the playoffs giving up a ton of goals. We we are 12th in goals allowed with 27. We're middle of the pack. I yeah. I would I'm going to sit here and I'm going to say that early in the season yes, defense was our issue. Um I think right now it's not. It's easy to say after a shutout, very easy to say. Um also, but it's also not so easy to say after losing a game 4-3 where you battle back and forth and you can't seem to keep the puck out of your net when it matters. Calgary? New Jersey. That was 5-4. Oh, sorry, 5-4. My bad. Um, Either way, they both did the same thing. They were, they were yeah, both very yeah. back and forth and still ended up losing again. What I'm going to do is I'm going to sit here and I'm going to actually counter that point that the issue is not defense. 
Um, I mean, granted, I'm not going to sit here and argue with Jeremy Roenick, future hockey Hall of Famer, uh, American American hockey legend Jeremy Roenick. I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and counter that. I I'm not going to argue with him. But I think right now the concern isn't as much defense, and I think it's scoring. And I would sit here and I'm going to say that the big issue, at least in my eyes, is the power play. See. And Andy and I were sitting there watching the game today, and we had a full, I would say, half hour just back and forth about what the issue with the power play is right now. It it was like for like half of the third period, we started talking about it. It's just almost like you should have just hit the record button on your phone. It's, (laughs) it's tough to watch right now. And I think the issue why it's so tough to watch is there's no possession in the zone. They can't gain the zone and maintain possession. And Andy's arguing for, you know, it's the problems, the drop pass. It's not there. It's not the drop pass. I understand what they're trying to do with the drop pass. They're trying to hit the line with speed. If you hit the line with speed, you can maintain possession much easier. The problem isn't the problem is more that they're not like they're crossing the line with speed. They're not crossing the line with speed. They're getting stuffed by the trap. They're dumping the puck in. You've got four other guys who have slowed down or are stopped because they haven't moved. And you've got transitioning defensemen who are moving in and just getting the puck out. There's no zone possession. When there is zone possession, the shots aren't hitting the net. It's it's difficult to watch. And Andy, that that stat that you shared where the Sabres, yes, they're middle of the pack in, in terms of shooting and shooting percentage, and they're right on bang average, but the percentage of those shots and the percentage of those attempts that are high danger zone areas is so low, it's not even funny. They're taking those perimeter shots. They're taking those shots from the outside and hoping to get some kind of net presence or some kind of tip or something to go in off of somebody's skate like it's NHL 23. It's it's difficult to watch. And yeah, I know it it's they uh they gave up another shorthanded, didn't they? They did not. Shockingly, uh, I thought New Jersey I, I te- had... Oh no, yes, they did against New Jersey. New Jersey. They did. Yeah. I was I was gonna say technical time. Me and Ryan actually brought that up too earlier. We're like we completely thought they the Sabres have given up like four shorthanded goals. It just feels, it like, feels it. like that. But they have only let up two. One against they're, the Rangers in game one and one against New yeah. Jersey. Well they're either way, they're still the giving up they're still the odd, giving up the odd man rushes coming back like on a power play, yes. Yeah. It's almost to the point now they need to just do the football thing and just defer the power play. You know what? We're just gonna stick to five on five. It's okay. Well we're not gonna do the power play. Or instead we're gonna go to four on four so we have more room to skate. Yeah. Like it, it just it's it's difficult offense right now, and I know it's it's hard to say that after two consistent games where you scored four goals and and sorry, yeah, four goals against Jersey, four goals against Colorado, six goals scored, against, and six against, six goals against Ottawa. So and, I mean you've got fourteen games. you've got fourteen goals in your past three games. Yeah, that's great. You're averaging over four goals a game, fantastic. But they're still one and two, or sorry, they're two and one in those last three games. My bad. Um, but they shouldn't be two and one when you're averaging over four goals a game. I know, it's, I know, but you just had UPL coming in where he didn't make consistent saves. 
Uh, maybe it is starting to turn around. Maybe they're going to keep scoring more than four goals again game. And then if you've got Devin Levi up here, who's averaging three two six, or who's got goals against average three two six, maybe he's winning more games. He's winning games four three. Yeah, and I would say like we've just seen that you on uh, you just said number of how the goals over three games, and those numbers could even be higher if we generated some more offense or productivity on the power play and. That would easily solidify like the New Jersey game. That could have easily solidified even the Montreal game to giving us a few goals. And but yeah, the the power play, something's yeah, they need they need to figure something out with the power play, whether they change it up or whatnot. But something yeah, I looking. Yeah, I just flat out I, something's yeah. I feel like they're in a way, they're almost trying to be too fancy on the power play. They're trying to look for these passes, trying to set up nicely, everything else, have this like they beautiful thing. They can't set up nicely. Yeah. They even, can't set up. They yeah. can't gain the zone. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like they're trying to be super fancy about everything because it's a power play. And it's like, it's the only way I can, like that's the only way I kind of just like feel like this, I can describe it is they're trying to be super fancy with it. Whereas when they're on five and five, they just, just play the game, do the game, just do what we know we need to do and just get it, get, get, keep going. And all of a sudden you get in a power play and you're like, all right, we're going to power play. Slow it down. Let's make it nice. You go here. You go there. Like it's orchestra. Perfect thing. And it's like, just play the fucking game. You having a man advantage is not that much different. Yeah. Get in there and set up and take advantage of that, that extra space and wear them down a bit throughout the game. But don't, there's no need to make it over fancy. It's, I don't know. I don't. I need to make that a soundbite of you just say, play the fucking game. That <laughs> needs to be on our soundboard right there, Andrew. Yeah, I feel, I don't know. That's kind of how I feel when I, this entire season of watching our power play. It's like, I, that's all I can think of is they're trying to make it overly glorified and overly fancy for no reason. So, Rasmus Dahlin, he has been quietly deadly in a way. That man leads the team with points. He has nine points, two goals, eight, seven. Eight-game point streak. He's got The only game he hasn't had a point was the Rangers. Yep, he's had an eight-game point streak. I'm kind of enjoying this. You know, last year he started off. He had all the goals. He had uh, scored all these goals, and now he's, I don't know how to put it, but he's just, you know, he's quietly very being well. a difference maker. Yeah, offensively, he's just quietly being a difference maker. And I'm kind of liking it. And I, I'm going to counter that. He better be a freaking difference maker for the amount of money that we're going to be paying well, him. Yes, yes, uh, obviously. But it's just, you don't, I, I don't want to say you don't notice it, but you realistically, like, you don't notice it. You just see him make that pass, and then he, somebody else makes the pass, and then next thing you know, we score a goal. And, like, you don't realize it until after, you know, they're showing the replay or whatever, and you see him quarterbacking the play. And you're like, oh, holy shit. That's why we gave him the contract. I know. Yeah. It's what but, he's supposed to say, be doing. But comparing to last year, you know, he's scoring the goals. He's coming out. You know, he was on some kind of record pace or whatever. But here he's just – it's a different approach to his game in a bit. And, I, and I'm just saying, I, I'm enjoying this. Yeah. Yeah, because when it. when you score the goals, you're the, the the poster boy for the goal. Whereas if you're like the the primary or even secondary on the assist, yeah, you're you're kind of behind the scenes. So, but yeah, I think Darlene's been playing. I think yeah, exactly. Quietly, very well. He's all the points he's getting. He's playing very well defensively. He's still he's throwing the body still. 
He's it's not totally even quietly out. though. It's he's he's I wouldn't even say it's quietly. He's just playing well. He's proving to be worth the contract, and that's what I want to see. And I I like it. I appreciate it. I want him to play up to that contract because let's face it, he deserved the contract, and it's what we need. It's what we need right now. And I wouldn't even say it's quietly. It's good to see from Darlene. It's proving that he is a leader on this team, not only on the stat sheet, but he's quietly leading the team. You see him coming into his teammates' defense. He's the first one in. Well, no, he's not the first one in. Thank you, Alex Talk. But um, no, he's coming in. He's, he's playing to the team, and it's playing for the team. He's putting up the points. It's good to see. I wouldn't even say he's quietly doing it. I'm going to counter that all day. I think he's just playing well. Um, the one that's really standing out to me, at least right now, even though he's not lighting the league up, but he's right where I want to see him be at, at over half a point a game. Uh, big shout out to Alex Tuck. Uh, I know that you weren't happy with the way you were playing early in the season, but way to turn it around. You're not just a guy who's talking. I mean, you've, you've significantly stepped it up now in the past. I think it's five. He's got, he, I think he's on a four game point streak as well. Uh, uh, right he got a, a three game, three game point streak. Yep. He's got five points on the season. Um, another one lines as well. It bouncing around. I know we mentioned that in the last podcast bouncing around. I mean, technically Alex Tuck is on the, today he was playing on the third line. I mean, big step back from being on the quote-unquote first line at the beginning of the season, and he's producing. He's putting up points, and he is doing what he needs to do, and that is the guy that I think is right now quietly leading this team. And, and he is he's doing everything he needs to do. So question, what line was he on for the New Jersey game? Oh, God. Um, I'd have to dig. I think this this lineup they have that they had in the game today of Greenway, Thompson, Benson, uh, Skinner, Mitz, Paterka, Joe Stalin, Tuck, and uh, Zemgis, Krebs, and Oposo. This was for t- uh, today. That's I, what I thought. It was so, not like this in the New Jersey game. There was some change-ups in that. But so New Jersey, it was. Alex Tuck had 18.06 minutes. Colorado, he had 1826. Hold on, here we go. Found it. Uh, lines for the New Jersey game Skinner, Mitz, and Tuck. Greenway, Thompson, Cousins, Krebs, Jost, Paterka, Olofsson, Greenway, Okposo. So, so he was technically on paper third line, but he played 20 seconds more than Colorado. Game. No, no. Devil's game, he was first line. Yeah. Yeah. This Devil's one, he's, game yeah. Was first line, yeah. this game, he's third line. But you also see him. I would consider him being on a lot on the quote unquote energy line, the third line yep. in this game. I mean, you've got him with cousins, Joe's. I mean, you got guys that are out there. They're willing to throw their body. They're willing to make those plays. Um, side note for this, this um, lines for this game. I really, really like that Skinner middle step Turka line a lot. I am so a happy. For the Turka. Yeah. I, I want finally, to cook now. Yeah. He's got a goal in each of the last two games. He's finally going. Let just like let him play. I'm not even gonna say let him cook. Just, just let him play. Now yeah. I feel like with Mitz and Skinner, he can just go out there and I, I'm gonna say work the magic he wants to work. He doesn't have to be the guy on that line that has to produce exactly. And then let let's him build up his confidence. I'm not gonna lie. I think he's 
he had a little bit of a doubt about too, even though he had cousins at the beginning of the season. But and like was this even the Colorado game? He had fourteen thirty nine minutes. New Jersey thirteen forty five. Both games he was a plus one with those goals. Like I, I I'm just so happy for him because I know some people they want to dump him and say we can get rid of him and pull Kulik up, but I'm like. No, fuck no, that. This kid's, this kid's got, this, go, got the potential. Go back seven months to when they had the world tournament and Paterka was, broke the record for all German players. He even beat Leon Dreisaitl's stats in that tournament. You, you want to say get rid of this guy? And here's my thing with Paterka. He, uh, I have my magic number for forwards. Um, My magic number for all forwards to determine whether or not it's if they're succeeding in the league or if they're where I want to be, where I want them to be is points per game. And my magic number is half a point a game. You're doing what we want you to do, especially for a kid his age. And right now he's got three goals in eight games. He's one behind, sorry, four goals in nine games. He's half a point a game behind where I want, or half a point behind where I want him to be and being at half a point a game. If that makes sense, he'd have to be at four and a half points to be at half a point a game. For, regardless, he's very close. Yeah, he he's where I want to see him, especially at his age. I don't need him to put up eighty points as a twenty-two year old. Put up forty-two. Put up forty, somewhere in that ballpark. Put up forty-five. I'm happy. I'm very happy. And he's I I wouldn't send him down. He's not the player nope, that I want to bring. Never, for I don't think he's ever going back down. I, I I like Paterka. I want to keep him up here. And that's not me being biased because he wears my favorite freaking number. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that was your favorite freaking oh, number. Oh, 77. I wore it any time I got a chance to actually pick a number. Oh, he's yeah. on pace right now for 36 goals. I mean, we need in there. But, he, I mean, he's on pace for 36 goals. And that's I don't great. remember what he did last year. Uh, let me uh, see. I can I tell you in two maybe. seconds. He did. He put up. 32 points last year in 77 games, uh, 12 goals, 20 assists. So he's already on pace to break his goals. If we could get him to get a little couple more assists, that'd be great. But Yeah, my, my next step for him is is hitting that, that golden plateau of half a point a game. Well, not plateau, but half point a game. That's that's where I'd like to see him at. And and if he's doing that, you've got your top line and Tage Thompson, Skinner, and Tuck, and they, are, they can produce more than half a point a game. You're, you're right there. I mean, right now, Tuck's at five points in eight games. He's above my line. Thompson, obviously, is not there. Like, he's not at... I don't... My line for him isn't there. But players like Tuck, where they're making a difference by going out there, throwing their body, dropping the gloves. Those guys I want to see at half point a game. And he's doing that. Again, big shout-out to Jordan Greenway for doing everything I'd ask of him. Yes. I, I, the, he's not out there showboating. He's out. He's not out there dangling, doing anything dirty. But he is. He's out there. He's policing the game, and that's what makes hockey great: is the players police themselves, and that's what Greenway's doing. Yeah, I'm. I would say I'm slowly becoming a Greenway fan. Just he's he's out there, and he's doing exactly what's needed. He's not going above and beyond. He's, he's doing the body. He's doing what he knows he can do, and that's it. And he's staying consistent with get- it. Jump into the rush if he needs to, or you know, and yeah. I questioned that trade from the get go, and I didn't understand it at the end of last season. And now, the beginning of this season, I'm seeing it. I understand it. I get it. 
he's he's what I want to see, and he's doing everything that I want from him. All right, we're gonna transition a little bit on our last topic before we get the hell out of here. I've got one more afterwards, um, but let's let's talk to, let's touch this one, and I'll get to the last okay. topic at the end. So I'm gonna run down the schedule. We're not gonna go too deep, but. We go to Philadelphia on Wednesday, November 1st, to start off the new month. And then Friday, November 3rd, we host Philadelphia, as we previously mentioned. We will then go into Toronto on Saturday. And then Tuesday, November 7th, we are in Carolina. So, out of those next four, I am going to be highly optimistic, but it's going to be more than likely doubtful. I think they actually have a decent shot to win every single one of those games. Mm, okay. You ready? Freeze it. So, Philadelphia play tough, obviously, but we are coming off of a win against Colorado. UPL, if he is that average numbers that Ryan wants, I think we can win both those games. Uh, or even if Levi comes in and if Levi astonishes us, okay, we can walk out of Philly with two wins. Help me personally, I'll even take three points. Toronto, Samsonov, you mentioned it, Ryan. His game has gone to shit, and they are relying on their backup goalie for numbers. And then we already discussed it with Carolina. Granted, Carolina is undefeated at home right now, 3-0, but they are also having some minor goaltending problems. So if our offense can start cooking... And if we play defensive-minded team first, there's a chance we might be able to squeak some points out of the next four. All right. <laughs> Joseph Wall is not the backup goaltender in Toronto. Oh, he let's took over this, now? Let's get this straight. The kid's yeah, 25. He played in the playoffs last year. You can't be considered a backup goaltender with a 961 save percentage and a 133 goals against average in four games. They started the first two games with Samsonov. That's why. Wall is Wall is a wall. He is that Toronto game, especially. I I don't know what their schedule looks like before that, but coming into that, playing basically a back to back. I know it's it's only an hour and a half from Buffalo to Toronto, but you're playing a back to back. You're playing a tough and gritty Philly team right before that. Toronto's got the night off. Uh, uh, that Toronto game is going to be tough. Very, very tough. And I don't... I, but I didn't think they'd beat Colorado today. I don't know hockey. I, I don't like know I said, <laughs> I said, I said it's doubtful. But yeah. I, I think if the chips... Lie right. It could happen. I foresee Buffalo going into Philly on Wednesday. Two nights off, Monday, Tuesday. Going into Philly on Wednesday. I think they're going to win that one. I don't... I think they go on a two-game losing streak. I think they lose to Philly at home, and I think they lose to Toronto in Toronto in the back-to-back. Carolina, goaltending is a mess. The team is a mess, but so are we, kind of. I could see them winning Carolina, and Minnesota's tough. Minnesota's a good team. I mean, I don't, I don't think they win. I don't think they win the next five at all. I think they go two and three. Um, I think they come out of the first ten right where I thought they would be at five and five. But I think they go one and three over the next four. And I think that's 
I think that's a more level-headed and grounded glass shattered on the floor look at it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't see them going 5-0 and in the next five. Uh, and I guess the problem with that is that's kind of what I see the Sabres being. I see them being a 500 team. And the schedule doesn't get any easier. And Andy, where do you think they are over the next five? Um, I I kind of get where Jeff's going. I can feel like Phillies, they're a rebuilding team. They're still trying to figure shit out and, and whatnot. I feel like we should be able to walk away with two wins there. Toronto, we always tend to fight Toronto tough. I don't know, don't know what it is. Just probably the rivalry with them being an hour and a half away. We fought, always fight Toronto tough. So might be able to sneak that one out with Carolina being very up in the air with their stuff. Like we were saying earlier, could sneak a one out there. So like there, there is a chance, but more trying to be more realistic and grounded. I can see uh, a win, two wins or a win in overtime loss shit, or, or a win and a loss splitting it with, uh, with Philly um, Toronto. I want to stay optimistic and say, like I just said, that we fight, we fight them hard and stick with them and can sneak the win out. But with Wall putting up numbers like what you were saying, that's going to be very tough. So and I guess with Toronto, it comes down to who, which goalie's in that. The goalie and who's running hot. Who's- I think when it comes to Toronto, I don't think it's what goalie's in that. I think it comes down to which team dictates the play. If Toronto makes us play their game, and Buffalo doesn't play Buffalo hockey, which at this point, realistically, we don't know what Buffalo hockey is. Apparently, it was <laughs> apparently according to Don Granado, it was how they played today against Colorado. But I mean, it depends on who dictates that game and who sets up the play. My fear, because it's in Toronto, it's going to be Toronto making us play Toronto hockey, yeah. and that's not going to end well for the Sabers. If that gets if that game gets wide open. Toronto has too much talent to let that game slip away. However, if Buffalo plays lockdown team defense and they keep the shots to the perimeter, that game's up in the air. We always do play Toronto tough. And also in all-time history, the Buffalo Sabres own the Toronto Maple Leafs. Of course. I love it. All-time. All-time. But, yeah, I I can see... A couple of scenarios with that going forward uh, for these next few games. Mini, I don't know. I'm I'm a Minnesota fan. I've always loved Mini for so long. They are still in a a weird spot, I think, with this year, especially with their uh, their hard cap issues. When they bought out uh, Suter and Parise, they're trying to make it work, but it it's tough. But when still, even knowing you have somebody locked up like um, Kaprizov. That's always a deadly weapon to have in your back pocket. Well, Minnesota right now is three, three, and two for eight points. They are the second wild card team, and on the road they oh are my one, God. two, and one. Sorry, I just looked at their cap situation. They've got fourteen point seven million dollars in dead cap. Yup. Oh. Yup. Okay. Yup. That is the hardest thing with Minnesota right now, and and I it's not even just this year; it's next year too. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think next year is the last time that's that big. Yeah, yeah. This year, next year, with fourteen million in dead cap, and that is from the buyout of Suter and Parise. And they've got they've got ten million in LTIR yeah. between Spurgeon and Golgoski. Oh wow! Yeah, like like oh, that's they the hardest are a thing. financial mess. Yeah, 
Yeah, buying out those contracts, they had to. It, it was a must for Minnesota to get rid of that. They had to start doing that to start changing over and moving on from the Suter-Parise era. And unfortunately, the way buyouts work, it, it, it's a, it's hard. You just kind of got to deal with it. They've got $9.5 million on LTIR, and they've got $7 million in cap space. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. um, ow. But uh, somehow they've still managed to squeak away with eight points. Well, I don't know if they play today, but they squeak away with eight points. They're middle of the pack in the tough central division in the West. Mm-hmm. I mean, that they could they could make that work. Uh, every Anything is possible when you got Kaprizov on the ice. Let's be yeah. honest. Yeah, like I said, when you have somebody like Kaprizov, that deadly of a weapon in your pocket... It it's it's scary. <laughs> Side note: How about the Ducks sitting down Zegris? They benched him. Really? Yeah. I Is mean, we're talking about talent. No, that's not. But I mean, you were, we talked about Kaprizov and young talent, and that just made me think of Zegris. Wow. I mean, that's that was surprising. So. All right, what was your last point, Ryan? So my last point, and this is just in light of everything that's happened, and I know Andy brought up Pittsburgh, which made me think of this. Adam Johnson. Man, that is that is tough. Uh, rest in peace to him. Freak situation. But my key for this, and my, my main point that I wanted to bring this up, is if there's one thing to learn, and this is whether it's kids listening to our podcast because they're into hockey and they're playing – or even if it's adults playing in a beer league, or if you've never put on a tied up a pair of skates, um, if you go out there, just wear your freaking neck protectors. It doesn't matter if it looks cool or not. It it could save your freaking life. Yeah. It, it just man, rest in peace to him. You never know when that's going to happen. Twenty nine years old, sitting here at thirty two. I mean, I couldn't even imagine his. I can't imagine what his family's going through, and. You know, just rest in peace to him, man. And I know it's a sad thing to end the podcast on, but just kids, wear wear your neck protectors. Just wear them. Just just do it. Just yeah. do it. Yeah. I mean, that's the second time this season we've seen someone catch a skate and we're nine games in, and he didn't even play in the NHL. But he caught it. One player caught a skate. I don't remember who it was, but he caught a skate to the face. Uh, another he caught the skates of the throat and it ended up being a freak accident but just just it's it's a dangerous game we should we sit here and we say these these guys got to police themselves you go out there you drop the gloves you you set the tone and it's it's a violent dangerous game and you got to protect yourself in any way you can doesn't matter if it looks cool or not doesn't matter if you've got the flow or not it what matters is just stay alive jesus yeah, we want everybody to continue to play the game, grow the game of hockey. It's such a great sport. Yes, it is very dangerous in multiple aspects between, yes, getting cut by a skate or hits. Because there was even, um, I forget, there was somebody in the NHL, um, Islanders. Cal Clutterbuck made a hit on a guy, and just the way he went down, hit his head, he had to carry him off on a stretcher already, too. Yeah. That was another big thing this year. But we want to play hockey. We want to play hockey for all of our lives. We enjoy it. We love it. Just stay safe. Life before the game. So we yeah. want to win. We want the players to win. We want the teams to win. But I know it was last season or two seasons ago, Ago there was, I think it was Columbus or whatever, but the one player went down, he got hit, and it would literally took for a player from the other team to hold back the entire crowd 
while eight other guys are trying to beat the crap out of each other for the hit, and that one player was there with the referee trying to protect that guy, even though he was on a different team. Just just keep an eye out. Uh, and this isn't in any way, shape, or form sitting there saying, play scared, because you're more likely to get hurt if you play scared. Um, but I was, I was going to say, should we put a, a, a semi-plug for for VG, for the for the t-shirts that me and you want to get? Uh, yeah, as an aside, uh, Violent Gentleman. We are not affiliated. We're not we affiliated. Are not. This is a personal. That, that's why. Opinion. That's why. That's why I was questioning. Like, do do we say it? This is a personal. Now, now with that being said, if they want to, you know, send us some merch, uh, by all means, I'm not going to say no. Love your gear. Love your oh, statements. God. Love your messages. Um, but yeah, check on the other thing. I know this is. I know this is a podcast, and I know it's it's off topic here. But the other thing is check on your line mates. I mean, make sure everyone's doing okay. It's a tough time. A lot of people are probably going to be shaken by this. Uh, just check in on them. Make sure that everyone's doing good. Check your line mates. Check your boys. Thank you, Violent Gentlemen. That's that's a great statement for a shirt. That's a great statement. Great cause. Um, love what you're doing out there, out there in California. Bre- b- reaching the branches of this great game to the sunny state of California, even though they've got the kings and the ducks, but... And the and the, and the sharks, everybody forgets about Northern California. Everybody does. <laughs> so, but no, I love what you're doing out there in Orange County, guys. All right, I think that'll do it for us, Ryan. I'm gonna give you a little statistic, and I'm just gonna cut the audio straight after your first reaction. Jonas Johansson of the Tampa Bay Lightning is four one and two with a nine twenty five save. Percentage in a two fifty six GAA. Yeah, my my reaction to that. Okay, yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool, good yeah. for him. You still sucked in a Sabres jersey. <laughs> yeah, what do you want me to say? Uh, uh, ugh, ugh, just right. never do me a favor and never bring that fucking name up again. <laughs> but all right, anyways, so we're gonna sign out. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Andy, what did you guys say something? I was going to say, check us on Spotify, Apple Pod. Check us out. Go to the Facebook page. Podverse.fm. Apparently, we're on there, too. I guess it pulls for podcasts. So you can find us on there. Better Buffalo Hockey Facebook page. And those of you listening on the Apple Podcast, thank you for almost half of you following us and subscribing. Thank you very much. Thank you. Give us a follow. All the thanks, all the praise for everybody. Have fun. Let's go Sabres.